Welcome to the Awareness Podcast. Every Friday, one of our four hosts, Bill Free, Jenny Beale, Cindy Krupp, and Susan Telford, will discuss spiritual awakening in everyday life with their guests. Listen as they discuss their newest insights and share what is helping them remove the obstacles to self-realization, inner peace, and happiness. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this edition of the Living in Oneness Experience podcast. This is Cindy to say that I am happy to be here with my friend Susan Telford. Is um, not even touching the openness, the love, the gratitude that I feel. Hi, Susan. Hi, Cindy. It's lovely to be with you today. Oh, and it was very funny because Susan and I were just talking and and we're both really good at this being podcast hosts, you know, and normally we have a title, we have an expectation we do a little bit of research so we know what it is uh, we want to talk about with our guests, but we're both hosts and we've known each other uh, for a lot of years now. We've been working together. We've been friends. We've been walking a, a similar but unique path. I don't know how best to put it, but so many of our where we light up has just crossed even though we live on two different sides of the Atlantic. And when we sat, even in a meeting we were in a few days ago um, and said, what should the title be? What should we talk about? It was, you know, the present moment will show us the way. Yeah, Indeed. So I can tell you that my intention for this hour with Susan is, um, wow, the words that are coming through is to lighten the load, which I believe, (laughs) which is now, which I believe just means, you know, there's this space within our teachings that we're asked to um, recognize that all is well, that regardless of what our current experience is, it's temporary, And it is arising in this spaciousness that is changeless, that is eternal. Perhaps you could call it the Tao. I love calling it the Tao, presence, consciousness. And from that space, whatever the current moment issue is, it won't last. And, and, and it's not personal. And, and it is being embraced even as we speak in this changeless presence. And from there, when you step in there, regardless of what's going on in your story, there is this sense of openness and acceptance and um, a lighter quality to whatever the present story is. And so my intention is that if you're here now, you can get a glimpse of that perhaps a taste, perhaps a bite. Um, My real prayer is that it would maybe be installed in you sort of like a virus, that stillness, that feeling that all is well. Maybe, Maybe Susan and I can infect you with that virus and have it just fill you and guide you and um, brighten your smile a bit. How's that sound? That sounds good. Is there any other intention that's coming through you, Susan? So we had, um, I think you spoke to me about um, sitting on the beach and feeling something. So maybe you could talk a little bit about that and then we can see where that goes because that kind of, that took me in a slight direction, so but it's your well, story to tell. Yeah. So I um I was on a family 
getaway. My sister has a beach on the, ele- uh, my sister has a beach. My sister has a house yeah, on the beach, on the beach in New Jersey on Long Beach Island. And I was sitting uh, on the uh, second floor balcony early in the morning. The sun had just gone up. The waves were loud. I was high enough so that the houses in, that were across the street did not interrupt my view of the ocean. I could hear the ocean flowing through me. I could feel um, there's this kind of the air, the salty air when you're near the ocean early in the morning. It sort of blankets you with this amazing sense of presence and peace. Nobody else in the house um, was awake. The world was quiet except for the sound of the waves and the seagulls. And I took this breath and realized that there was nothing about me that wasn't at peace in that moment. I was open. I was quiet. I was just there. There was no words. And then there was this realization that without exception, it was the same thing I feel when I'm walking by the river here where I live or when I'm sitting on my little terrace watching the hummingbirds or there's this little duck or I'm sitting on the back couch in my contemplation or even when I'm just sort of hanging out with a good friend and we're having this kind of conversation about life or love or God. And there was just this sinking into the recognition recognition, (laughs) that that peace was who I was in those moments where I wasn't worried about who I was or what I needed to do or where I needed to go. It was with me all the time. I didn't need to drive 400 miles or go on vacation to the point where when I came back and I, and I called Dove, you know, Dave Fishman to talk about whatever we were supposed to talk about. When he asked me, how was your vacation? It felt like a foreign question. It was so strange. And I I said to him, Dove, I don't, I don't think I ever have to go on vacation again. Vacation is the sense of needing to leave your life so that you can relax and be at peace or have fun. But that's who I am. I don't have to go anywhere or do anything different to know the truth. And so that's where Susan and I came up with the title of this podcast, right? Every day is a vacation day. Yeah. Yeah, because... um we think that it's the sound of the waves or the fact that no one's up and we're the only one or the lovely holiday location. We think it's that that gives us the peace, but it's not that, as, as you just said. It's, it's, it's this almost shocking realisation that the peace is right here, always, now. It gets covered up often with all of the all of the drama to whatever extent I want to hook into the drama, but it's always there, always there. Yesterday I was hosting a meeting and I led a guided meditation at the start of the meeting. And somebody at the end of it, you know, I invited people to open their eyes and so we could begin the discussion. And somebody said, oh, I don't want to come back. I just, I, I go, you take me to such a still place. that I don't want it to end. I want to stay there. And what I said was, but can, can we stay there? Can we be there in the middle of the discussion? You know, not just sitting on the balcony on the beach, but when everything is apparently going wrong. <coughs> Excuse me. Can we? And we just be there all the time. Yeah. So the answer is yes, right? And, and so the next really question is... is how? For people who are listening to us who are, who are saying, well, how? 
How? How do you do that? Well, you know, the very first answer that comes to me is number one. <laughs> be 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 willing for the possibility that that's even possible. Like, do you want it? That that is the very first thing, and it's mm -hmm. it's it's the number one thing that I've been taught. That you know, Regina, right? You know, she she's in my head saying, "There's nothing more important than than hanging out in your spiritual aspiration." So, if you know that that is your goal, so that's the very first thing, and and you're even though that's not your experience, if you're willing for that, and you hold that in your mind. And there's nothing more than, more important than that. Um, and I always equate it to um, a baby learning how to walk. Mm. You know, a baby who's learning how to walk is not filled with doubts. They could fall, you know, 2,000 times, but it doesn't keep them from doing. They don't, they don't feel guilty about it. <laughs> they don't feel guilty. They don't doubt. They don't say, well, it would have been nice to walk like everybody else, but it's not for me. They can have it, but I can't. They just keep holding themselves up. Yeah. So, yeah. so there isn't anything more important than that. You know, it's sort of like putting the location in the GPS. So that's the first thing that comes up. The second thing immediately that comes up when you say that, again, I see that that baby is practice, you know, or spiritual practice, whatever it looks like. I don't really, you know, there's a million different ways to do it, right? But but knowing that this is what we want, number two, and then number two, be willing to spend time every day in whatever your current spiritual practice is, whether it's contemplation or meditation or being part of a group like you were describing you were with yesterday or you know, going on, going to India or going to hang out with Muji, whatever your spiritual practices, making it a part of your daily work, whether it feels like it's working or not. It's number two. Yeah. Does that both feel right to you? Is there anything? Yeah, I, th I well, for, yes, I, I agree. And also, um, Knowing that it's your natural state, it's who you are. That I think that's when things really changed for me. Going from being a spiritual seeker for decades, trying all sorts of different paths. You know, I was a committed Buddhist for a uh, twenty years, um, and I tried. I tried really hard. You know, my Type A personality was all over my spiritual path. <laughs> But then the recognition that peace and happiness are here now. Um, if they're not here now, then then you know they're nowhere. They're here right now, and they don't. They're not something that I achieve or earn or work my way towards. Even though paradoxically. Um, practices are useful but there's something about don't you think there's something about having that recognition that ah there is you know people say things like you hear teachers say things like you know what doesn't come and go everything changes you know everything's changing constantly but what is it about you that as you said earlier is changeless actually looking at that and thinking, is, well, is there anything? Is there anything there that's changeless? And you find that there is. You think, well, what's that then? What, what's that? And then for me, it, it all took on a different, it just, it changed. The journey changed from Susan trying to achieve some kind of inner peace through spiritual practice to realising that peace is here, always here. Uh, no matter what's what can come on top of it, like the, the other did a sea motion there. <laughs> <laughs> I did a wave motion. <laughs> so the yeah, so the other part of it 
And I guess, you know, I get, I did do a teaching last month on focused around the golden key. And I think that on top of everything else um, that lights me up, it's this understanding, not from a personal standpoint, but um, our choice, you know, where we place our attention really colors our experience. And so these practices and showing up for spiritual community and taking these courses, they help us, like our, our attention, the part of us that directs our attention more and more gets placed on these truth teachings, on that presence. And, and when that happens, the, the attention that had been placed on problems in the world and thinking we needed to obtain anything, we just, we can't be, we're not into places at once. So when we're placing our attention, the golden key just invites us, whatever the problem is, just name it and then stay fully focused. The golden key, Emma Fox calls it God, but whether it's God or presence or awareness or the Tao or that which notices and is changeless, however it works in your mind, if your attention is there, then that's what's growing in your experience, right? If your attention is placed on problems, in my experience anyway, those problems seem to grow like weeds. Yeah. When you give them your attention. Yeah, and that, you know, when we, we thought about the a possible title being every day is a vacation day, I thought, well, when we go on, and it's really weird for me to say vacation because I say holiday. <laughs> um, when we go on holiday, um, what are we what are we looking for? You know, when we I used to be a teacher and believe me, we knew how many sleeps it was to each holiday. And we used to talk about it in the staff room all the time. It's only 72 sleeps to the summer holidays. Um, but we we wanted to go to get away from our life, you know, to get away from the normal life, to get almost to even to get away from the not from our day-to-day self. And I thought that's why every day can be a vacation day, because we don't have any desire to get away from this self. There's no, there's, there's just a different feeling of, as you, as you said, um, when you said to Dove that you, it didn't even make sense anymore. There is, that kind of energy is just, just not there. Um, yeah. So I'm inspired to actually bring it to, well, it's really the same, but it's different. So like I had an experience earlier in the week where something happened in the world that created a bit of a shock in this body, right? And I, these practices, one of the things that the practices has, have done for me is they've slowed everything down. So I become much more aware of my reactions to the world. So I received a call early in the morning. There was a lot of pain on the other end of the line. And um, I did and said all really good things. You know, I did and said and held this amazing peaceful presence for someone I care about. And I watched this body go um, into pain, which was an extraordinary, be beautiful to be able to really put words on it. So I was in the presence, in that vacation space, fully aware of the stillness, right? And every part of my body went into pain. I could feel a vice-like grip around the heart area. There was a spasm. I even watched the worry thoughts sort of fill the mind, which was which was kind of interesting. So the body is in pain. There's an emotional body that is active. And I am aware of my stillness. I am aware of my peace. And I am 
and and the practice kicked in in a way that was extraordinary, right? Just being able to stay in the peace and rest from the story. And it took hours, you know, sometimes it takes days, right? Um, It took hours. The pain didn't magically go away, but I never lost the sense that I, that the body that I was embraced and I, it wasn't an unpleasant experience. Does that, can you? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Because the, you know, things get held in the body and um, it almost, it's like, it's like when you unplug a fan, you know, the fan, even though it's unplugged, so even though there's there's the awareness now, um, the, the 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 fan is still running down, the momentum's still running down, and these conditioned responses in the body still arise. But there's a space, isn't there? There's a space of watch of watching. Ah, and it it's this kind of. It's this kind of two-track thing that there can be real emotion, which really is just physical sensation. It's just sensation in the body uh, before we put a label on it and say, oh, that's grief or or whatever. Um, the sensation in the body is just running and running and running. And as you say, it can take a while. If you don't, don't get involved in it and don't put a story onto it, it 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 runs itself out and i think there's something i think often we short circuit that process for a couple of reasons we might think oh i shouldn't be feeling like this you know um my spiritual path is supposed to be making me feel peace and joy and all of that stuff and i know this is all happening i must be doing something wrong so we shut it down or um or we just get lost in the story and the awareness closes down because we just jump over into the story. So to be able to just go, ah, well, you know, welcoming it. What here? Here is this. And when we when we look, it's just sensation in the body, and just allowing that to be there, and knowing that even though they are quite strong sensations, I'm perfectly at peace. So what's that then? That's another portal, isn't it? It's another, you know, looking at that and, well, what was that? What was that I? What was that sense of presence that was able to be present while that was going on? And all of these little glimpses just, I don't know, they're, they're well, I'll ask you the question, how did you feel? I mean, it's how how did you feel at the end? I'm so, so aware here that I'm going to take over the host and start interviewing you. <laughs> How did, so how did you feel, Cindy? Did it you feel was like- so. <laughs> I don't feel like the host is, and it feels like we're having a conversation that because, we've had many times, <laughs> right? And this time it's being recorded. That's that's all this is. What was extraordinary, and it came up for me this morning, is that it really boils down to where I'm going to place my faith, right? So that particular experience lasted about a day and a half, give or take. And uh, I I was so grateful for all the different ways we practiced over the years. Um, knowing, you know, all the teachings that we've been a part of within Evolve and all the different teachers that have flown through that um, the different teachings, uh, Michael Singer is a big one for me because I smile whenever I hear Cindy, if you want to heal, get used to pain. I hear it in his kind of New York style voice. <laughs> um, and then the stepping back in the remembering that no matter what the world is presenting me, including this body. I can choose where to place my trust. So it was a beautiful, and I somehow knew through all my practice that this was an, a great opportunity. 
And then sometime the next day, you know, about a day and a half, it just sort of slowly opens. I don't even know if I noticed. I just, it was just the world is different now. Um, Michael Singer again is coming up. He called them nadas. So I see them almost like kidney stones sitting in the heart area, <laughs> right? That's the way, you know, he described them. I, it doesn't matter what's true. None of this is ultimately true. It's all symbols. But Michael Singer gave me that picture of like a kidney stone, right? Blocking the energy flow in the heart center. And as long as I don't feed it or try to fix it or believe it's anything other than an energetic block, presence just sort of dissolves it. And once that particular block is dissolved, it's dissolved forever. And when that same person reached out like three days later, and there was an understanding that their experience of the world hadn't changed. But there was no inner contraction and fear inside. Just part of letting go of what's not and sinking back into what is here. It, it, definitely fuels the desire to continue to withdraw my believing attention from the experience of life and 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 place it where it's most useful yeah you know i wrote in my journal maybe i don't know six weeks ago or something Lots of things were happening in my life. And I, you know, I was sort of journaling in my contemplation. You know, Cindy and I both um facilitate gentle healing groups at Awakening Together, and we we um have daily contemplations that we do. And the I, I was kind of listing the areas that were that were seemingly chaotic, that things were happening. And it was um, health. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd fallen and torn a ligament in my ankle. I had there was some health issues that I, I was having. Um, some relationship issues, particularly in my family of origin. Um, some things that were kind of rumbling in my marriage. And as I looked at it, I was kind of guided to say, well, what's the what's the common denominator here? And it was, these are the areas that I have tried hardest to control. Um, I've tried to control because I've had quite a bit of ill health in my life and I've really tried to control my health. I've really tried to control relationships. I've really tried hard to have um, good relationships with people and to try and keep people together and to really, you know, to really be that kind of central point in the family. And it was very clear that the reason chaos was happening in these areas was so that I could see that I was never in control of any of that. And it was come, it, on one hand, it looked bad, you know, that, oh, why is this happening? Why is this happening? The mind said. But there was a real knowing from doing that contemplation and taking the time to, to journal and getting to the, the root of it, that it had to come up. These things had to come up. They had to shift and move in order that I could see that it they were never mine to fix. They were never mine to control. And that everything is being perfectly choreographed in a way that I don't understand from this level. Don't I don't know why things happen the way they happen, but I know that everything is unfolding in the only way that it can, given all of the all of the players and all of the, you know, every everybody is contributing to the collective experience. And what a relief. It felt like such a relief to me to, to think, you know, for years I'd had to have my fingers sort of prized off. And yet just to see, they, I, I was never in control, never. 
that felt really liberating, actually. Turned around the whole situation. One of the things in my head that comes up a lot along that lines is just remembering it's not personal, right? And and I've I've found myself in recent um, days and weeks and months looking back over the now almost sixty years, a couple more days, <laughs> and I recognize that I didn't script this life. Cindy did not script this life. There is nothing about my dreams in my 20s or my teens or my 30s. There was nothing, there was no action that I took, that I choreographed, that I planned that got me to this moment. Even the like the greatest jobs that happened to me, they showed up. You know, basically. That way, isn't it? It's always that way. We think we're planning everything and we're going to have this life. And yet things happen. And even when if you think about, you know, when when you meet your husband or your partner or whatever, it, it people always say, Oh, it was such a coincidence. You know, it was just all of these things had to, it's like the movie Sliding Doors, isn't it? You know, one little thing changes and a whole life is different. There's, we've no I know the movie. <laughs> I guess I the movie Sliding Door. Oh, put it on your list, Cindy. Sliding Doors. Yeah, you'll like it. I am currently doing a book study with my sisters my cousin and we're studying we're studying we're we're doing a thousand names for joy which is just i don't know just hanging out like that with byron katie is beautiful but i also assign a movie in between each because there isn't a lot of words and this group doesn't do a lot of contemplating and so we sign movies mm -hmm. this week's movie is my octopus i've not seen that well, then there's one for your list. If you well, my next. list right here. I've got a list on here of books and movies because people are always mentioning and I scribble them down on the blotter that's in front of me at my desk. <laughs> it's one of the most beautiful. It's a documentary, but yeah. it is one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. My octopus teacher. Well, tonight, uh, tonight's movie watching is going to be Chasing. It's a documentary called Chasing the Present. Have you heard? Heard of that? No. That was recommended to me by Bill yesterday. So we're going to watch that. It's on Amazon Prime. <laughs> Russell Brand. Chasing, chasing. Chasing the present. Here we go. Here's another one for you. All right. So, um, so I, I have to read you a poem, Cindy, on <gasps> the <no. laughs> on this topic. This was around the time of the contemplations that I was talking about. Um, I wrote this, I wrote this poem. Um, it's called Everything Is as, as It Is. Everything is as it is. Control is illusion. The wind blows, the sea roars, the sun shines, the cat purrs, the people make war and also make love, and slowly, inexorably, eyes open, breath is noticed, gratitude arises, life moves, everything is as it is. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. All right. I am inspired to summarize where we are so far okay. before I, you know, I'm in such a peaceful, quiet, accepting space that it, for a moment there, I forgot we were recording a podcast. Isn't that, that's pretty cool. Um, so essentially what we're pointing to is the awareness that none of us and that it means none of us that are Susan and I and anyone who's listening ever have to go on vacation again. 
anything that we're searching for, that we're seeking out there, the next day we get a day off or when we walk away from our lives to do something else is actually with us all the time. So we never have to stop being who we are, living our lives to feel that joy, that peace, that relaxation that the mind tells us we can only get when we're on vacation. Mm. So um, from there, the question arose, well, it's easy for you to say. (laughs) (laughs) My life is much more stressful than yours. It was an that was an interesting space too. And you and I have both, we're in this accepting place, but a number of years ago we weren't, right? I was looking at where I was 20 years ago or 15 years ago, and my experience of life was hell. I had severe panic disorder. I lived in a house that literally was falling, like the, the roof was falling, the basement was full of mold. The the mortgage wasn't being paid. There were two teenage girls and an ex-husband who didn't like me all living under this same roof. There was a lack of money. There was significant health issues. I almost died during that period of time. So my life um, would not have pointed to the awareness of this. And yet, um, the first thing we said we needed to do was set our intention, right? And that can be done no matter what your life looks like. And that's what I did then. I know, I don't know if you want to talk to it. I know enough about your story and, and some of where you've been and the writing you did when your life looked different than it does now. And would you call that setting your intention or stating your prayer or? I don't think I would actually because I didn't want any of it. <laughs> um, you know, you know my story. You know, I was a high school teacher, I was head a year in our school and very, very busy, um, very driven, working 80 hours a week, very dedicated, never looked after myself Um, and although I'd been on a spiritual path of various kinds I felt as though this job was my vocation you know I really felt that I really felt that and so when I had a really severe burnout which put me in bed for six months all I could think of was getting back out and getting back to the school you know that that I didn't want anything else. That was what I wanted. And I was really angry that why is this all gone wrong? So at that stage, there was no sense of setting any intention. My intention was to get back to school because I still wanted to be in control. That's such a major theme of my life. Susan knew best. Susan just wanted to get back to school and get back to normal. And and it just was... It was like there was this other force. I came to call it fierce grace because there seemed as though there was this other force that was saying, no, no, no. You mentioned a GPS before. My GPS was deaf. Inner GPS was definitely going, do a (laughs) U-turn. At the next opportunity, do a U-turn. And I was saying, no, no, I want to go this way. I want to go this way. I want to go this way. And I don't know what it is about the, I'm sure people listening can relate to this. We might be exposed to these teachings and we might hear things and we might think, oh, that sounds nice. But often, individually and collectively, it seems to take something that that, that stops you in your tracks. Um, Oprah described it as God speaks to you in a whisper. And then he speaks in a louder voice and then he shouts. And if you still don't listen, he hits you with a brick upside the head. That's definitely what happened to me. Because I knew there was another another way that I was being shown a different life. 
And I was just so full of, oh, I can't do that. What would people think? You know, thinking that I would be on, you know, a podcast called the Awareness Podcast that people might listen to who actually know me. (laughs) That, That had to be all cleared out before I could really show up and and even get to a point where there was any intention and you know Cindy the more I go on with this the less I think there's choice I I really do from 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 this you know you've, you've just alluded to that from this point of of the body mind that there isn't choice the the choice we we tend we seem to we seem to claim it afterwards. So I did that. I love um, the thing that Francis Lucille says. He says, it's like the clown who comes on the stage after the ballerina has danced and takes the applause due to the ballerina. And it's so like that, isn't it? That we think, you know, I'm, I'm choosing, I'm choosing my thoughts. I'm choosing my actions. I'm choosing this, but yeah, are we, to what extent are we? Um, because, it all seems to be perfectly choreographed. I think it's like a, a tapestry. You know, when you do a tap, a big tap, you see one of these massive tapestries, and on one side there's the beautiful artwork, you know, the gorgeous picture of something. And then you go around the back and it's just a huge big tangled mess of knots. Seems to be like that. And even as I'm listening to you, um, and I'm thinking about the so-called circumstances in Cindy's life right now that can pull on the heartstrings, there's nothing I could do about any of it. And if there's anything that I could do about any of it, it's it's focusing on my own quote-unquote self-realization, right? Resting in the awareness and letting letting uh, the churning, the nadas, the blocks be healed. And they'll either be healed or they won't be healed. They'll either take a minute, an hour, a day, or a month. It's totally out of my control. That's just a beautiful thing. It's just like we have no control over who's going to be listening to us right now. We have no control over anyone's reaction or response. We've set an intention and we surrendered it. I, you know, the prayer is, is that um, more and more of us live in that awareness of the truth, the stillness of who we are. Yeah. We can't make it happen though, can we? We can't make it happen. No, no. Um, I think all, all we do is look um, when we hear, when we're exposed to these kind of teachings. We can look and see: is it? Is this? Does this resonate? Is this true? Is this my experience? Is it true? There's something about me that's never changed. As everything in my life has changed, and my life changed radically, you know, from, I mean, even, you know, working for the Teachers of God Foundation, who would have ever thought that, you know? (laughs) That just came about from me writing in my journal, being really angry. I, I thought I was supposed to be a teacher, yes, not of mathematics, a teacher of God. And I thought, what's a teacher of God? Googled it. And then just approached <laughs> Lisa Natoli in the first instance. I think I might have to work for you. That's so out of character for me, Cindy, to even do that. Um, yeah, it's, it's only in retrospect that I can see all the little pieces that I fought so hard against. That I think that would be the only thing I would say to somebody is don't fight. You know, just just don't fight. You, you can do it the hard way or the easy way. You know, I came kicking and screaming, thinking I knew best. But now I know better than that. <laughs> I know just to surrender um, because everything, 
there's a an intelligence at work in the universe far greater than is in this um, head. Absolutely. So every moment is a vacation based on the human definition. That most of the, the script is pretty much out of our control. That um, when choice arises, very, very, very useful to show up for the practice. And what practice? Well, the one that lights you up, the one that you're drawn to. What teacher? Well, the one that feels right to you, the one that you just find yourself wanting to spend time with. For how long? Well, sometimes there's this space of needing to force it early on, but more and more once you get over that original hump. At least my experience is there's nothing I'd rather do than hang out in the energy of the teachers that light me up and the contemplations and these practices because they're sort of become like a snowball effect, I think, in my life experience. That's the best way I could I could talk about it. And I've heard a lot of a lot of teachers that light me up talk about it. You know, in the beginning of the spiritual path, it feels a little bit like you were talking about. It. Everything feels like it's an effort and you're pushing that snowball uphill and Man, it's a lot of work. And at some point, you get to the top and it starts rolling down. The more glimpses you get, the easier it is to hang out here because, man, they feel good. I think that's the case with everything. You know, often people say, you know, in the the coaching work that I do, often people say to me, but I don't know how to hear inner wisdom. I don't. I don't know. I don't know how to do it. And and that's such a good. Um, that's that's such a good guideline. I think is what lights you up. You know what what's follow. Is it Joseph Campbell said, "Follow your bliss." I think he was on to something there. Um, yeah, there seems to be something in us, isn't isn't there? That's kind of lights up when. Um, when we see something or we're drawn towards something. Yeah. Like this, like there's no place I'd rather be than right here, right now, in this space, in this energy, in this place. Just so phenomenal. I wonder, Susan, is there more to share during this podcast? We started earlier than we planned, so I don't even have a clue how long we've been talking. (laughs) I don't know where we are. I know um, that it feels good. Um, I am very grateful for everyone that's here. I would love that if you're here and you're listening to us, that you, you let us know how this has affected you. Yeah. Um, there's a comment section in the show notes for this podcast. So we'd love to to hear um, in the comments, as Cindy said. And um, yeah. we said, or you have any questions, we'll certainly respond to you. And also, you know, it's so interesting. And, and you've spoken to it a little bit, and it's coming up now. You know, what does it mean to be a good spiritual student? And what am I allowed to ask? And what am I allowed to admit to? And all those things. After my podcast, I tend to hear from, I don't know, different number of people each month. But all they ever really say is, thank you. I really enjoyed it, (laughs) which I love, by the way. Yes. And I wonder how many people say, here's my question and then decide it's a stupid question or it will reveal something about who they are or their lives or something that they don't want to share. And, um, and, and I would really, I'm very interested in hearing if you didn't like the podcast or if there was a question that you were left wanting the answer to, um, I read everything that comes towards me and, and I know Susan does and, I would I would love to hear those types of comments too. Mm, yeah. So other than that, this feels whole and complete 
and still and beautiful. Perfect. Is there more you'd like to share, Susan? I don't think there is. And all there's left really for me to do is say thank you, Susan, for agreeing to spend this time with me. To say <laughs> that it was a pleasure is also can't put words to the experience. <laughs> thank you for asking me, Cindy. And um, thank you to all of you who are listening. Um, if if you loved it, then please share it. <laughs> you know, share all of these podcasts. They all come. Uh, all of the hosts and the guests come with this open heart and this desire um, to bring more love and light and joy and truth into the world. And so, everything that you do to help us get the word out, uh, we are beyond grateful. If there's something you'd like to be different or you have questions or comments or suggestions, man, we'd love to hear those too. So um, thank you for being here. Please check out all of the podcasts in the uh, Awareness Podcast Series. Be number 36. This is 36? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> 36 of 52 for this year? Yeah. That's crazy. All right. Um, love to all. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Cindy. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the Awareness Podcast. Please remember to subscribe so that you receive a notification each time a new episode is released. Be sure to tune in next Friday for Integrating Spiritual Awakening with me, Susan Telford, and my guest, Stephen Bodian in an episode entitled, Discover Your Natural State of Awakened Awareness. The Awareness Podcast is brought to you by the Teachers of God Foundation in association with Pure Presence Conferences.